0: Apologize for the technical difficulty, y'all. Back again, just send a message to Anchor Two to see what was up. But, uh, we we're just talking about the wrap at fifteen percent, which would be roughly three thousand people. And you know, everything's up in the air, but that's what they're trying to do as of right now, because the whole bubble thing for college isn't gonna happen.
1: No, no, and and, I mean, the thing about what we're seeing with college football is only going to be exasperated for basketball. The haves and the have-nots when it comes to Power 5 and big-time schools, the testing is not going to be the same. The biggest obstacle is the NCAA wants... I believe it's three times, testing three times a week. And with the test being, you know, let's say $100, that's a lot. That can, that can grow pretty darn fast. And if you're Kentucky basketball, if you're Duke, if you're Kansas, not a problem. But if you're some of these, uh, quote unquote, mid-majors, it's definitely an issue. So, if you're Kentucky and you want to play mid-major uh, you know, Detroit where uh, Brad Calipari is and the testing isn't the same, are you going to feel comfortable playing those games? Mm-hmm. And also, without having a big bubble... you know that you look at uh, at Kentucky and i would assume it's the same with these other big places they can almost bubble those guys at uh, at the lodge at the practice facility and play games you could almost bubble them where they are how many other schools can do that so you factor in there's going to be more uh there's going to be more games. How logistically do you do that? that? And from what we've seen, if you don't bubble, and if you factor in traveling around, that, that opens you up to a lot. And given that these are young men and, and young women for the women's uh, basketball, Uh, programs that are in college that uh, may not make the best decisions. All it takes is one person. And as we have seen, uh, even with college football, there have been hot spots. There have been breakouts. Uh, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin is having an issue because they get ready Uh, for their schedule so it's a logistical nightmare I don't know how you pull it off uh, because if if you just end up saying okay the SEC is gonna play just the SEC ACC playing just the ACC uh, it for basketball it doesn't it doesn't work because we've seen teams go through undefeated in their conference or with one or two conference losses and and they're not very good you know so it, it just depends so I don't know logistically how it's going to work but what I do know is this the NCAA tournament will happen in 2021 it has to whatever they need to do if if a team plays 5 games, another team plays 20 games, they're going to have the NCAA tournament. You cannot miss the tournament in back-to-back years. You, you can't. That, that, you, you, that's how the NCAA makes its money. You, you, you can't. So uh, I don't know how it's going to work but it's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. You know,
0: just and we kind of like y'all said, y'all who listen every week, we've been talking about it, especially through the summer when there was nothing going on. Uh, But now that there is stuff going on, it doesn't mean that it's just you know gumdrops and roses. it's still obstacles and and dangers and and stuff to be on guard about. So uh, that's that's Stephen David said that in the letter. We're trying to work hard with our operations team and navigate these waters, that whole thing, to all the season ticket holders. And, and that's what you have to do. That's what you better be doing. And even when the best cautions or precautions are taken, you still see, uh, you know, trouble spots like you just mentioned with Wisconsin. Uh, they're not able to play against whoever they're supposed to be playing. <laughs> I haven't really been checked them. Uh, checked on the Big Ten stuff as as thoroughly, but you know, their quarterback had it, and then they end up having to pause and, and shut down the facility. And like you said, we, we've seen these spikes pop up uh, in various sports, uh, things of that nature. Flipping it to uh, some some championships getting crowned. You know, the Dodgers jump right in, step behind your Lakers, and. Handle business last night against the Rays. Um Tampa. it was a good series, a fun series. You know, they don't have a dog in the fight, but it was it was a fun fall classic. Tampa Bay had so many chances last night to get runs. They had guys on first and second, one or two outs, second and third, a couple out. They were only able to get the one run in. And you just <laughs> you just kind of knew it's probably gonna come back to bite them. Uh, They end up losing three to one and a lot of fallout from the manager. They've, you know, they've done the whole analytics thing a lot, you know, like my Rockets, which we'll get to with the whole, you know, shoot threes or shoot layups. Tampa Bay has, you know, if you get your starter to the fifth inning or sixth, pull him out. No matter what we don't, we're not caring about our starter going the distance or being a traditional horse and, eating up innings, you know, it doesn't even really qualify as a quality start. Get him out. And last night, Blake Snell was dealing. The Dodgers couldn't touch him. He gave up a bloop hit, and I think he went five and a third. They pulled him after 73 pitches. The bullpen comes in, and every single Dodger's player, Dave Roberts, the manager to a man, were like, thank y'all for getting Blake Snell out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We couldn't touch him last night. The bullpen, good as it is, was a downgrade from what he was doing. And, you know, the Dodgers scratched out three one runs. They win. Clayton Kershaw gets his ring. He gets that Steve Young monkey off his back. And, you know, it's a whole big thing. Should you have left that guy in there? He was dealing. You've seen dominant... Pitchers do their thing and when when they got it going ride him until he doesn't get it going or somebody actually mans up and gets a hit off of him. that's what happened last night. Congrats to the Dodgers. you gotta wonder if Snell could have took him all the way home last night and forced the game seven but we'll never know.
1: well you know th- there's 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 something to be said for analytics. I think advanced statistics and, and these kinds of things uh, I think are great for sports but the problem is you can't be beholden to it either part of being a coach part of uh, being a manager is, is is going with your gut the easy part is is saying okay person X always excels Situation, why? Okay, but but people aren't computers. If it was that easy, then you know you you wouldn't have a coach, you wouldn't have a manager, you would just have somebody, you know, with an iPad out there. But that's there's there's more to it, and I'm not laying this all on on Tampa Bay, but uh, I think part of it you have to be a little flexible. And deviate just a little bit. Uh, Because I think at some point, particularly when you get to a championship level, there's more guts than anything. Because what happens is this, especially with baseball, right? There are so many moves that get made in baseball. That in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, your big bat may not be up to bat. Yeah,
0: your all-star game.
1: Thing. Yeah, and that's what you know. You and I have talked about the all-star game is it starts out great, but then you know <laughs> it's you know the middle reliever for the Tigers against uh, the Rocky second baseman with the game on the line. <laughs> You're like, who are these guys? <laughs> but baseball is full of guys. That maybe the uh, the analytics would have said they don't need to be in there, but you can't factor in the human element. Like for your Braves, Sid Bream runs <laughs> was it was it Sid Breen? But, yeah. Was it, yeah, yeah, probably runs a little bit <laughs> faster then than he does now. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he just turned 60
1: and, and and if he's on base the numbers say you got to get him out but but there's things that you can't always calculate on that 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 the coach that the manager needs to you know you need to go with and honestly i'd say a lot of uh Our most favorite plays, our most memorable plays, are ones that the stats, the analytics would say are terrible. I'm thinking because it's their birthday, it's the Harrison Twins' birthday, you look at Aaron Harrison's shots. (laughs) The one against Louisville was an open corner three, okay? But if you've ever, and I've looked at it, I don't know, a couple of hundred times, the shot against Michigan, that's a bad shot. That's a shot that you don't take. Tell him, Paul George. (laughs) And then, the shot against Wisconsin was worse. (laughs) Especially when he comes out and says, I couldn't even see the rim. That's a bad, like, that's a... But but those are the things that are memorable. You know, uh, so uh, to me, I just think that... uh, there's a uh, there's a spot for all that stuff in sports but sometimes you just have to go with it and especially if you've got an ace that is dealing and he is he is motoring man you got to you gotta ride that guy it's even game though the dunk-
0: six there's no game seven without
1: him getting you home and and that's the thing you got a guy that's that's in a groove. That's hyped up. You ride that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I think back to the two thousand one World Series when it went to extras, and and Schilling and Randy Johnson came in for the Diamondbacks. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you 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 got to do it, man. Like you, you mm-hmm. like what else? Are you, what else are you waiting for? Right. And if you're going to lose a, a series. I'm going to lose. I'm an old school guy. Let me lose with my best guy. Okay. Let me lose. If someone's going to get rocked, let it be this guy. Okay. That's just, that's just how I am. You know, uh, like you look at back at the finals, the heat, you look at Jimmy Butler after that game five and you can tell he had nothing left in the tank. Had nothing left. That's what you want to see. Uh, I, right. I don't want to see, uh, you know, guys, you know, that was the confusing thing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, you're in a series before Giannis gets hurt. Why is he only playing 32 minutes a game? What are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's something to be said. You dance with what brought you. You know, every yeah. everybody remembers... In nineteen ninety-four, the NBA finals, John Stark's going three for whatever it was against your Rockets. Everybody remembers that. Two seventeen? Everybody remembers that. Nobody remembers the game six when he balled out to force a game seven. <laughs> yeah. You know, so nope. we can say what was Pat Riley doing, but this guy just delivered in game six. You know, you uh so what? What are you? You know, that's my thing. Is what are you holding back for? Uh, you you go all out. The nineteen eighty eight NBA Finals. Isaiah Thomas on a busted up ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays hard, you know. And and the thing is, if he doesn't do that, does it even get to a game seven? You know. So <laughs> you you just have to you. Uh, and I can't remember what manager it was or what coach, uh, he did a bunch of crazy stuff in game six, and they're like, well, did you even think about game seven? He's like, you can't think about game seven until you win game six if you're down. So, for my money, you go out there, you keep you keep, you keep, digging. Because we have all seen pitchers get on a roll and just, it's, it's magical. And I think you cheated you, you cheated. Your guy out a chance of of proving to you that he's he's that stuck. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and when the other team flat out they they know, and that's why they were so happy to thank you for pulling him. right because we couldn't touch him. We couldn't touch him.
1: And, and I don't. It's one of those things. I don't like it when when teams get cute uh, and they and you know they go away from who they are and it know that, you know, that doesn't, you, you have to go to your strength, particularly in a series where it's game six or game seven, where you have been battling this other team. You know, they, the scouting reports out the window, yeah. you know, uh, I think it was LeBron that talked about that. Like, there's nothing to scout. Like we know these guys, they know us. You just have to go out and play.
0: Mookie Betts, of course, Tampa Bay was familiar with him from his time with the Red Sox. You know, he gets traded to the Dodgers. The Dodgers lock him up for a you know big time 12 year humongous contract. And I think it was Ken Rosenthal that was kind of, you know, the sideline reporter last night. They would, you know, Joe Buck and John Smokes, Smokes, who did, you know, an excellent job dropping knowledge. Uh as, as the color man for the entire series, too. Even, you know, I'm biased. He's some brave, but he did a great job and told you so many little intricate details. But they would kick it to Rosenthal, and I believe he said last night, you know, Mookie Betts, who, you know, he hit the home run last night to put them up 3-1, to one. gave them that insurance run, two-run lead, kind of give them some breathing room in those close games. Mookie Betts had struck out twice already against Snell last night. And he had swung and missed on two sliders or breaking balls from Snell, who was a left-handed pitcher. They said he hadn't swung and missed on breaking balls, off-speed stuff from lefties. He'd only done it once all season. And it was just 60 games, but still, over the course of the entire season, he had swung and missed on an off-speed pitch from a lefty once all year, and he did it twice last night. Struck out twice against that dude last night. He's not seeing the ball. He couldn't pick him up. He, you know, he was overmatched in this particular instance last night. And then you take him out, and then he's the one that you know kind of puts in that last dagger shot of a home run to to clinch it. So just that, just you know, further evidence: ride the horse when the horse is rolling.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that. We, you know, we had Craig Bates on talk about the hockey. You know, you may have uh, all-star caliber goalie, but you ride that hot goalie. Like that's that's just, you know, uh, I just think you kind of cheat yourself a little bit. Uh, It's easy to armchair quarterback or to to manage after the fact, but this was something in real time. You're like, this guy's dealing. What is going on? Sure. but by the same token, that's how they won the a, uh, ALCS yeah. with this mm-hmm. method. So, you know, it's easy to, to 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 gripe with a coach when they're in the World Series, or they're in the NBA Finals, or they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, or they're in the Super Bowl, because obviously they've made a lot of <laughs> right choices to get to mm-hmm. that point. So let's be clear. Uh, it's not like We've you know we're complaining about somebody you know that didn't even make the playoffs. Their decision making. Yeah. So obviously there there's some method to their madness. So let's be clear about yeah. that. Uh, but sometimes, like I said, you you can use that uh, analytics, those statistics as a barometer. But I still think you need that human element to, to, cl- to seal exactly. the deal.
0: And because you're right, I think you know Tampa beat the Yankees and the Astros to win the pennant. So yeah, they. They did some things right, took out some worthy opponents in some big-time comp- competition. Uh, gotta say congrats to the Dodgers. They've been waiting since, you know, that Kirk Gibson home run in 88 when they beat Oakland. So, it was, a, I mean, it's crazy, but that was a 32-year drought for the Dodgers. That's their seventh World Series. Um, Vince Scully, the legend, is on Twitter tweeting out all the titles they've won and, 81 and, and 88 and back in the 70s, uh, things of that nature. So, congrats to them. We had a couple friends of the show who are Dodgers fans. We had David Davis on, uh, who was, you know, played wide receiver for Baylor in North Carolina State. He's been on a couple times. He's a huge Dodgers fan. My guy, Will West, who's at the Sports Animal down here in Knoxville, a huge Dodgers fan. I texted him last night, just said, congrats, man. And he said, to, to our point, Terry, he texted me back and said, thanks, I appreciate it. He said, I'm just glad for once that it wasn't my Dodgers who blew the series by overvaluing analytics. It was Tampa Bay that did it this time. <laughs> and so, you know, we we all got our teams and our fandoms and, you know, get frustrated at, you know, things that they do or think, you know, we, we think they should have done something different. He's like, look, I'm just glad it was what, it was my team that, wasn't the one blowing it because they put too much trust in analytics it was Tampa Bay so we understand that kind of sentiment completely
1: right so the that gets the Dodgers uh, they now have seven yo uh, World Series Championships which ranks them sixth all time uh, do you know the teams that are ahead of them if, with World Series titles
0: you got Yankees with 20, whatever, 27, 28, however many they got.
1: Um, yeah, 27. You know, the, the Cardinals
0: have 10 or 11, something like that.
1: Car- yeah, Cardinals have 11. They're number two. There you go. All right, so, wow.
0: Three more teams with more than seven World Series.
1: Oh, Lord. The, 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 the problem is with the World Series, it goes back to the early 1900s. Uh-huh. So it's not uh-huh. as easy to rattle to rattle all. Uh, but you got the top two. Uh, number three, there's a tie. The Red Sox have nine. Uh-huh. Uh, but most of those uh, 1903, 1912, 1915, 1916, 1918. Yeah. So I would not imagine you would get those off the top. Yeah. Uh, the Oakland Athletics. The Athletics is a franchise. Also have nine. Mm. Uh, When they, you know, from Philadelphia, you know, Kansas City, and you know, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) uh, and then the Giants. The Giants have eight.
0: Wow! And we've witnessed, we saw them win three
1: ourselves
0: just a few years ago.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but they they went from fifty four to twenty ten. So the ones at the top outside of the Yankees. There are a lot of them that were born probably back when our grandparents. Believe it or not, the Pirates have five. Mm. No, I wouldn't know that either. The Reds also have five. Mm. So uh, just looking here, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them with three White Sox, three. Twin Senators, three. Orioles, three. Your Braves, three. Uh, and the Cubs three hmm. okay. and Tigers four. I don't know if I said that. Tigers right. four and the Reds have five. Right. So, um,
0: that's all right. DB dropping knowledge. Got to talk about your cousin here in a minute. But our the poll we did last week is almost over. Uh, you were talking about Bomani and the homie Roy Wood Jr. More disrespectful getting stiff farming, and getting dunked on. And you know, we threw the poll out there and I was. Tweeted at both of them, just you know, hat tip, thank you know, crediting them for the debate and getting dunked on. Jumped out to an early lead, but the stiff arm made a charge, and it looked like it's going to be like fifty-seven percent to forty-three percent voted for the stiff arm. There, last time I looked, there were over fifty-some votes in that poll. So people, people feeling that stiff arm disrespect even more than getting put on a poster.
1: Yeah, I thought about you with uh, uh, Bomani's uh, uh, Thursday uh, podcast. Uh, Talking about it, it was a very Atlanta centric. <laughs> and he talked about when he gave up on the Hawks. And like yourself, he quoted the day and the date and almost the time when the Hawks traded Dominique Wilkins. And he said, That's when I was out. That's when he said, I got off the Hawks then. I thought about. I thought about you right there.
0: I got to go back and, and find that one for sure because it it shouldn't, but it still ticks me off. Just it's just preposterous. I'll never forget it. I was in my my algebra class, algebra two. Uh, Mr. Walter Dick was our algebra teacher, and he was you know he coached he coached little league. He coached you know various different sports teams. He taught my dad algebra. So you know, I was kind of second generation, and you know, he'd say, "Hey, young, young Melvin, young, young Hardy, I had your dad, you know." And that's like, so you know, you you couldn't get away with anything because I go tell your dad, I taught him too that kind of thing. But he had on Sports Center, and you know, we had had our work done, and you know, you had your TV in there for that closed circuit channel one that we all got in high school. But he flipped on the Sports Center, and they were just talking about the rumors. The Hawks are in talks. Of trading Dominique Wilkins, and I, I, I remember just <laughs> sitting there in class, just shocked. I said, "Are we? Are, what is happening? Am I hearing this wrong?" And then a couple of days later, boom, the trade goes down. But that's the first I remember getting that wind of it. Just happening to watch Sports Center in like second period algebra as a sophomore in high school, and just you know, imagine them trading Magic in. 90, 91, 90, Peak Magic, that's your guy. Madden on Sports Center and the Lakers are thinking about trading him to the Mavericks were terrible back then. Trading him to the Mavericks. I mean, I'm sure you'd have been ready to riot too.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, thankfully, my team's uh guys just left. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. Magic, of course, with his situation. Kareem retired. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, eventually... I mean, I was devastated when Jerry left the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But I understood it. Mm-hmm. They didn't trade him. They didn't think he had enough in the tank. He still, he believed he did. He ended up having quite a bit. Another Pro Bowl or two and a Super Bowl appearance. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that was devastating when that happened. But I could not imagine trading away uh, uh, trading away a dude uh, like that. And just to just to
0: go on going and soapbox, this was in the middle of them going on to have pretty much their best season of his career. They had, you know, been making the playoffs and winning 50 games. We remember in 1988 when he was going against Bird in the second round, and he lost in seven games. After they traded him to the Clippers, they were already in first place. This is dating myself. This was the Central Division TB. You remember how the divisions used to be. They were leading yeah. the NBA Central. They had beat Seattle in the regular season game head-to-head. We remember what Seattle was doing back in the 90s. They was, you know, building and getting loaded. They made the finals in 96. They had beat Sean Kemp and Peyton head-to-head. Oh, your best team in the East? beating the the best team in the West Sonics. They go on and win the division make the playoffs and play the Heat. They go to five games with the eight seed Heat with Danny Manning and then they play the Pacers in round two and lose in six. Why not let Dominique go to the playoffs that year? That's your best team. They win the division. He deserved the chance to take that team to the playoffs and see what happens. Maybe they still lose in the second round to the Pacers. Maybe they make it to the conference finals. Maybe they make it to the finals. You ride with Neek. And then if you got to make a business decision after that season, I would have understood that a little bit more, but not during the middle of the season for Danny Manning to the Clippers, who were the... I mean, they was getting you know, they was getting clowned by Johnny Carson and Jay Leno every night back then. And that's who they trade him to. I'm still mad about it. If you can't tell. The Clippers... Not Lob City TV. We know those clippers back then. Keith Klaus man. Keith Klaus over Candy.
1: <laughs> T- Terry DeHair, who Richardson. Oh my god. Eric Piatowski. Uh, oh. look, man, the, the, the Clippers, don't get me started about the Clippers. You know. Oh. And, and, and see the th- the thing is like what you're kind of doing a little bit you know not the Lob City Clippers what did the Lob City Clippers do you know not the Kawhi Clippers what did those Clippers do like <laughs> until they win something they least had separate. a winning
0: record compared to the Clippers they sent me to
1: you saw, I, I, you, saw I, him I on Zoom.
0: you saw him on Zoom when he said hey ball boy give me some socks and it was his teammate <laughs> that's who they sent him to <laughs> Yes. Hey, ball boy, give me some sock. He said, "I'm on the team."
1: (laughs) The the stories that have that have come out regarding uh, what the Clippers used to be, Uh, man, uh uh, it's it's something else. But
0: uh,
1: (laughs) I, I, I heard that clip, and he, I mean, he date and time knew. When comedy when got traded, uh, I thought about you.
0: I got to go back and listen to that one for sure. I definitely could. Yeah. I got to I gotta go back and hit the archive. What about your cousin, Antonio Brown, going to Tampa after, you know, Bruce Aaron said it's not going to happen? I guess, I guess Tom Brady went ahead and said it is going to happen. Cousin <laughs> AD is now down in Tampa Bay. You know, I <sighs> –
1: I don't even know, like I, I just—it's just weird to me who does and doesn't get second chances in the NFL. That's just weird. Like uh, your boy Dez getting signed uh-huh. this week, uh-huh. I, like I—it it made those—it still doesn't make any sense for him to be out of the league. What two, three years? Yeah. That just doesn't like I. You know, I don't know. Is it something we don't know, or 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 what? Uh, flipping it back to uh, uh, to, to to Brown, uh, I I just I I don't even know. Yeah. I, I like I, I just I, I don't know because the Bucks are winning. Yeah, looking good. You know, Tom Brady is looking. You know, not 43 I mean he's not vintage Tom Brady but he doesn't look 43 these last few games so I, I, again I don't know if you roll the dice and bring bring him in I, I don't know
0: and you know if him and Gronk finally kind of got on the same page and you know you could tell it they knocked some rust off and both of them kind of getting comfortable in their surroundings and then reconnecting like they did all these years um yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, but let's go ahead and flip it, you know. And at the start of the season, I'm sure Belichick was looking at the books and kind of laughing that little slick sly grin of his because they started off better than Tampa Bay did. Now, you know, if Tom and Gronk have to be scoreboard watching and, and seeing the Patriots struggles, and the last of those struggles were this Sunday at the hands of your 49ers. Jimmy G went back home and put it on them. Goodness gracious.
1: Yeah, you know, my, my Niners have, have dealt with all kinds of injuries. They're finally getting some guys healthy, so they look good. Uh, big matchup with the Seahawks this week uh, that will kind of, you know, settle some things a, a little bit. Uh, like I said, uh, I believe it was last week we were talking, you know, they've, they've got some ground to make up uh but a, a win against Seattle certainly would would help with that uh you know I Jimmy G uh Jimmy Garoppolo uh, you know it's it, it, is he Joe Montana or Steve Young no <laughs> I' you know, but but can he do enough things with the team he has to win uh yes I mean we've seen Joe Flacco. Get ridiculously hot and lead a team to a Super Bowl. So uh, anything is is certainly possible. Uh, so I'm feeling more encouraged uh, by what I'm seeing. Yeah,
0: yeah, thirty three to six. Uh, and you also had to be happy because I mean you, you, that division is is the cream of the crop. It's you know it's the best by far. And. The the Cardinals were able to jump up and bring Seattle down a notch. It looked like, I thought Seattle had it. They were up 10 or 13 late. And next thing you know, it's overtime. Next thing you know, they're kicking the field goal to win. And uh, now Seattle's lost the game and kind of back to the pack. And that division is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they talked like all four of them could make the playoffs with the extra teams making the playoffs this year because twenty twenty is off the hook. But that division is just a just a heavyweight fight every single week. So I can't wait to see you on y'all
1: in San Francisco, Seattle. It's gonna be it, it, It's it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing uh, the rest of the way because it's gonna be a dogfight now. Flip it to the NFC East. <laughs> and... Do we have to? Well, you know, for such a proud such a proud division, the only division in football where everybody has a Super Bowl. Yes. What I do like about NFC East Twitter, <laughs> I follow some Washington football fans, some Dallas fans, some Philly fans, uh, some who am I missing? The Giants. Eagles, Giants yeah. uh, what I what I love about the NFC East is like the team's just don't like each other and I think it's because they've played each other so many times over the years and for the most part they've always been good Uh, but there's just a dislike that I don't think you get from all the other divisions you know I think you look at the NFC South I think Atlanta New Orleans don't like each other but you know does Tampa Bay and Carolina do they factor in you know you you they're in your division, but you want to beat them. And as, and as tight as the NFC West has been over the last few years, you know, the uh, Seattle San Francisco rivalry, that was more of a, a Pete Carroll, uh, Jim Harbaugh kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as a 49ers fan, I don't really think of the Seahawks. I don't really think of the Cardinals. I don't really think of the Rams. Because as a 49ers fan, I'm like, hey, we got five Lombardi's. what you got? You know, <laughs> that you know, you're not on our level. Uh, you know, maybe the AFC West, you know, with the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Broncos, but with the NFC East, it's it's everybody doesn't like everybody. And the and the best part about it, the wins and losses don't even matter. That's what I love about it. Like, like, like whoever, like The, the trash is still going to be talked, uh-huh. and the best part. Uh, well, I keep saying the best part. Another part of the rivalry and all that is, they'll tell you their team sucks, but your team sucks even more. Like, <laughs> 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 Giants fans, like, yeah, you know, you look at our squad, but hey, look at the Washington team, or look at. I mean, that's that, Like, you just you don't see that. Like in a sports division, I, 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 I talked about that on Twitter, and somebody pointed out maybe the AFC North because you got the Cincinnati, you got Cincinnati and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Baltimore, and those yeah. games are generally pretty rough. Mm-hmm. But the, my difference would be Cincinnati and Cleveland aren't very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. When you talk to, uh, uh, when you go to your NFC East, yeah, you know it's been a while for your Cowboys, been a while for your Redskins, but three Lombardies for the oh, I said Redskins, so I apologize, three Red, three Lombardies for the Washington football team, and five for your Cowboys, you are still an elite franchise, right? You, you know, yeah. uh, and then you know with with the the Giants having won and uh, Philly winning a few years ago, so it's to me it's different. I, I really like, I, I liken it a little bit to the National League Central uh, in baseball. I didn't understand how much the dislike was for everybody. But, I mean, Cubs fans really don't like anybody else in the division. Like, it's, like, it, it's, uh, I didn't realize. And Cincinnati fans don't like it. Like, it's it's at another level with those teams, except for maybe Pittsburgh, because people feel kind of sorry for Pittsburgh. Uh, mm-hmm. But but as much as I love the trash talk for the NFC East, this year is going to be do six wins win that division.
0: It it could. I mean, we Dallas was two and four going into last Sunday against the football team, and oh, uh, uh, and then the Giants and Eagles played each other, and, and Philly won that. Now you got Dallas playing in Philadelphia, and it's just a <laughs> just a mess. Uh, you you get Dalton knocked out for the cheap shot, and, and they don't even go to help him. And you're definitely upset about that. The whole offensive line's in shambles. It's, it's it is terrible. I think the the thing that kind of adds to it, like you said, the way that division is unique, maybe in all of sports, with the hatred. <laughs> It's that. What's well, the East Coast mentality too? I mean, you got Philadelphia, you got New York, you got DC, all just kind of there. Boom, boom, boom on the East Coast. The East Coast more so hustle and bustle. It gets cold. You're kind of grumpy. It's more of an abrasive type. The cities are kind of hardcore, gritty. It's cold, it's, you know, it's wintertime, and, you know, that's just, when it's like that, you know, that's just how everybody feels. It carries over to the football teams. They've all been successful, like you mentioned, and look, Dallas is not in the East geographically, but they've been in that division, you know, for years, and it it kind of feeds over with the rivalries and history. Five titles for Dallas, four for the Giants, three for the football team. And you, you know me long enough. I talked so much trash to the Eagles because you know, to me they were the embarrassment of the division because they didn't have one. I I hated to see them win one because that was one less thing I could get them crap about. You know, you know, the most prestigious division in the NFL. You got almost a quarter, twenty five percent of all the titles. Still, definitely has contributed nothing. Not even one title, and that's what I, I used to love poking Eagles fans about. That they finally won one, so I, I can't say that anymore. So yeah, that everybody just hates each other. Just you know that you, you do. We know we suck, but hey, let's talk about y'all. And it's that's just I think it's just that East Coast thing. Just kind of the the teams reflecting the mentality of the cities. Philadelphia, tough gritty city. The fans. The team is the same way. I think it all just kind of mixes and and it all you know intermingles with each other.